The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Rod's trying to get to the bottom of shit right now, okay? Um, John? Yep. This is this is taking me back to my days in Detroit. He's digging. He's trying to I, figure stuff something, out. Something smells real fishy. Yeah. I mean, the Celtics got the win. But obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about Jalen Brown and the, the, uh, the two techs. And that it's not – first of all, Jalen getting two techs in itself is bizarre. But the way they came about, particularly that second one, raises a lot of questions that I'm hoping to pull reporters, uh, you know, here at the Garden will we'll try to get some answers from the officials on because that that was not a clear, obvious technical foul by, that Jalen got in the second one. I, I even think the – I mean, I – I thought the first one was pretty suspect too, um, but the second one I don't understand. Uh, you know, you know, breaking it down. We'll just we'll update you what's going on. Bobby and Joe Sway are both down there. Um, Joe's already talked to talked about it. He called it quote weak ass shit. He had a conversation with the refs as well. He was pretty fired up. Um, <laughs> the refs will talk to the pool reporter, so we'll have some information off of that soon and get an explanation about what it is that the you know uh, and who was it again it was jason goldenberg gold jason goldenberg what it is he saw from that far away or heard from that far away that made him toss brown out of the game and it's really interesting this feels like a classic they're gonna rescind it sort of thing because uh, i'm sure that they will it's also a no harm no foul situation because the celtics did win but that could have impacted the game you're talking about seven minutes and like, seven twenty-three or something along those lines yeah left in the game and Brown's out. That's it. Bang, bang. Fifth foul, two techs. Um, could have been a big turning point, ended up not being, uh, and the Celtics hang on to win. But <laughs> the Jalen stuff is definitely what's kind of lingering right now because people are trying to figure out exactly what uh, what the reason behind it was because it was hard to see. It was hard to tell. Well, it was hard to see and hard to tell based on how quick it came. And just, again, as you touched on, John, the proximity of the official from which Jalen was on the sideline. He was out of the game. He was doing what you're supposed to do when you get attacked. And the thing that I'm curious to hear about is, one, his reasoning and rational rationale for that second tag. And and also, I'm curious to see what the league is going to do when they review this, because this will be reviewed. There's absolutely no doubt about that. The league is going to take a closer look at this. And are they going to punish Jalen even more so? Because he, at one point, he did have to be restrained. He did not leave the court right away, and in part because he didn't know what the hell he was getting tossed out for. Um, so I'm hoping that when the league reviews this, that they will take they'll, they'll take they'll factor in this thing we like to call common sense. Because if I'm kicked out of a game and I don't really know why, and you're Jalen literally had no way of knowing because the guy that made the call was on the other side of the court. So it wasn't as if he could just say, "You're tossed. You did this. X Y Z. One two three. Didn't happen." So I'm I'm just again this is this John and, and I love you John you know you're my guy but God I wish I was down there with there right now yeah 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 Damn yeah, it. yeah I Damn know it. but want, uh, but listen this is this you want to be mixing it up yeah I, I I we need answers and and then there's going to be opportunities to get those answers and get some of those answers tonight but even whatever the referee says tonight it's not going to be over because this will be looked at and, and John I agree with you I, I think there will be strong uh, consideration to rescind that second tech. Uh, and because it just, again, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense until we get it some kind of rationale or reason for it. 
I, I don't I don't have it. I mean, again, so I, I we are definitely curious to hear what's going to come out of it um, because, you know, I don't think anybody at home kind of got it. Uh, there, our man Amit uh, got a pretty good shot. Here's Brown barking after the fact, uh, you know, at uh, at what went on there uh, when he's coming back onto the court. Uh, and that was probably the only thing that went on. He didn't have um, – he didn't leave the court, as you said, in a timely manner. So you never know what's going to happen in that regard. But I definitely think they're going to pull that thing back. And I thought that was some, I, you know. You, I'm going to call you, it what it is. It was Bush League bullshit. It was bullshit. That. And I, I hate playing the Homer card like, oh, that was dumb. You know, like I thought Tatum actually might have earned his the other night. You know, yeah. um, I don't think I don't think Jalen earned it. I also think Jalen gets the best behavior of. Uh, you know, consideration here. He's not a guy who gets teed up. He's not a guy who gets super emotional. He's not a guy who's in on the refs all the time. I mean, he'll complain here and there like every other person, but that's just not his shtick. He's never been tossed out of a game. Um, You know, this felt, I I wouldn't say personal. I don't know if they have a history. It just felt like excessive. It it was totally excessive. Now the first tech, you know what? I, I don't have an issue most of the time when players get that first tech because you, especially if they don't just like let shit go or let stuff go. And Jalen, I thought he did linger a little bit and I thought it was a weak tech, but I could understand the reasoning behind it. It made sense. He got called for his fifth foul and he let it be known that he wasn't happy about that. Yeah. And the ref teed him up. But the second one, yeah, that one made absolutely no sense. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that that's one that the refs need to explain what yeah. the hell happened there? Because it, there's no way anyone but the ref knows yeah. why that why that one was called. So we'll put a pin in this one and get back to it because we're going to hear a little bit more uh, from uh, you know fr- from the officials exactly what went on there. But there was a lot of like good to talk about from tonight, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know if you want to go kind of in order. You know, you're definitely going to start with Chris Haps Porzingis. Now, he oh. definitely cooled off, started seven for seven, missed his next six shots, didn't play as much uh, down the stretch, but <laughs> his impact was almost immediate. Uh, Jalen Brown, who hadn't had an assist in two games, immediately uh, gets two quick ones to KP. He needs his buddy there, um, you know, to, to get it moving. Uh, but, like, you know, I texted the guys on the thread the other day, and I actually think Brian Barrett put up the same stat on Twitter today. The Celtics, the two five-man lineups that have played the most for the Celtics is the starting five that you have that Bobby wants to dismantle. Um, I I have to add that. So the regular starting five and the same four with Al and not Chris Stapps, okay? It's about a two-to-one-minute gap between the starters, but it's by far the top two, you know, most heavily used five-man lineups. Mm-hmm. The net rating disparity <laughs> is some, I think it was plus 26 to minus 13. Shit. So wow. plus 26 with Porzingis and those, and the other, and the, the two J's and the two guards and minus 13 with Al in the same unit um, in about half of the minutes. So, this isn't meant to disparage Al, but it is interesting how much they've come to rely on Porzingis uh, so heavily this early in his tenure. Yeah, and the thing that he does is he allows all those guys to do things that they would not otherwise be able to do. Uh, you know, we, we talked about this on the, you know, the, the Big Three NBA podcast with me, Kwani Lunas, and Gary Washington. We talked about who would benefit the most from Porzingis' return, and it was unanimous that it was going to be Jalen Brown. 
Uh, and we saw that early on in this game. And, and Jalen is just, as, as crazy as it sounds, he's a more complete player when he's on the floor with Porzingis. He, do, he doesn't make those frustrating Jalen Brown moments as much as he does when there's no Porzingis. And I don't know how Porzingis in such a short period of time has become that calming influence that allows Jalen Brown to look closer to being a $300 million player than he does when Porzingis is not around. Uh, but th- this this was a game that, again, I thought the third quarter was absolutely the turning point when they finally started to play some defense. I mean, both teams shot in the mid to high 50s for most of the first half. And that's that third quarter, that was a Derek White show, getting it done at both ends of the floor. You know, there was a sequence where he had a block at one end, and then that led to a transition basket for Tatum with a layup that put him up by 20. And that, that little 10, 15-second sequence was kind of a microcosm of that third quarter with Derek White on the floor. But this was a, one of those games where I thought the Celtics, again, they, there were moments where they reminded us why they're on that top tier of teams in the NBA. But but there were, there were there were flashes of why they got whipped by Indiana and flashes of why, you know, they, they have those moments where you're just like, what are you doing? Uh, but at the end of the day, they got the win. They lived to fight another day. And I think we're going to even hear about Jalen talking about this game a little bit later, I think. Stats. Five-man lineups. You look at that first one there. Um, you know, uh, that's 27 net rating with the starters. With Al, minus 14. It's a, it's a 41. It's a massive, massive gap there. And again, not an indictment on Al. It's just to show that that uh, the Porzingis uh, is a big deal. The Porzingis, deal. the what he does for everything. It's just the 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 uh, the ability to spread the floor. You know, and the way that they play five out, the way they do, and just it, whatever you decide to do, you're kind of screwed if you play drop. Porzingis off of that screen, you know, with Tatum can just flash and get a three pointer every single time if he wants it. They can do a lot there. They can do a lot with very little. It's actually very easy to run the offense when he's out there or just kind of hit him down low. And how many times was it just I'm taller than you sort of situations with it? It just opens up the offense in so many ways. I would say for like two and a half quarters, almost three. And I, I, that's only because they missed a few. They missed a few bunnies in the third quarter to keep, you know, that they were they right there, just rolled in and out. That's as good and that's as good as they've played on offense uh, all all season long. Just in terms of the ball not really sticking, not a ton of ISO, uh, mm-hmm. moving it around, getting good shots. I mean, and again, it helps when you shoot 50, 40, 90, you know, for an entire game, which is what they did tonight. Yeah, and and you know, I, I was paying a little bit closer attention to when Luke was on the floor, not so much around the basket, but when he's setting those those, those screens for, for Tatum, and what does he do once Tatum makes his action move? And he just stands there. He just stands there. Porzingis will either roll or pop out and be ready to shoot, and Luke just stands there. And That's I'm not over, fair. And I'm looking over at Bobby, and I'm like... Your boy! And, and Bobby's looking at me like, what's wrong? And I'm like, That's what's wrong! That's what's wrong. I'd rather him do one or the other. I want him to either roll hard or, or just pop out and be ready to shoot. Just give me something. Yeah. Give me something besides being a seven-foot brick. Without without 
turning this into the let's crap on Cornette show because it had no bearing on tonight at all. It didn't, John. But it's, John, that has been weighing on me all game. I got it out of my system. Therapy session is over. We can move on. Well, yeah, no, no, no. But I'll just add one thing. What kills people with Cornette – Cornette is always almost every run starts with Cornette in the game, you know. So that's what's always concerning because teams go at him, and he just he's just so easy to go at, and he just doesn't grab any rebounds. You want to know, and again, I know Horford was technically the first big um, off the bench, but when you were playing, when when Porzingis was out, and you were forced to bring Cornette as your backup big, you know, it's just not like. He had one rebound, granted, in 11 minutes. Hartenstein, who comes in as the backup center uh, for the Knicks, granted, he played 29 minutes, 16 friggin' boards. You know, like, that's what you kind of need from your bigs. Like, that's what's always bugged me about Cornette. It's just a big who doesn't play big. Um, And so I don't know really what the purpose is there, other than sometimes you just need a tall person to stand there with their hands straight up in the air and hope that that's enough. Cause that's about what you're going to get. <laughs> I just want him to give me something, be a shooter, be a rebounder. Give me something. Just, just get, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't get it. One. I don't get it. I don't just get it. One. I've never gotten it. I've never, ever, <laughs> ever, 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 Let's ever talk more it. about Chris. Dash. Oh my God. He was so damn good at the start of this game. He's so good, man. Yeah. Uh, no, he was great. Uh, and, Chris Depp's going to get a lot of love. Derek White's going to get a lot of love. Drew, Drew Holiday needed a game like today. He did. Because um, he had just – shots had not been falling. People started saying he looked a little slow. He was – we last we saw him, he was like – he was grabbing at his knee. Like, you know, he hasn't had the best couple weeks stretch here. Almost to the point that people started like – so did we need to was trade this really for a good deal? Did we need to trade for Holiday? You know, because everyone wants to love it, and then you see Rob Williams go down, and it's like, well, yeah, you, and you want it off of Brogdon anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, it's you know, it's it, it had been, and I, you know, you know me, I'm I'm a huge, huge, huge Holiday fan, so I was happy to see him, you know, knock a few down and get to the rim and finish with the left. I feel like he's been struggling doing that. <laughs> recently his overall numbers at the rim have not been great anyway we're gonna hear from uh joe we're gonna go back to the jalen stuff because a lot of people are talking about it brown talk too uh we'll hear from him but here's what joe had to say regarding the jalen brown ejection no i've been on the sidelines in the nba for five years and i've seen players act and say things that are way more disrespectful than that and then on, on the second one, because it seemed like Jalen went to a different referee and the first one was maybe still interacting with him. What, what was happening there on the second I, one? I, I, I didn't necessarily see what was happening on the second one. But I got a, I got a clear explanation on the first one. Okay. I'm doing everything I can to not cost myself $25,000. I understand that. Yeah. Wow, Joe is Joe, steaming. He's Joe's steaming. a young Joe's a young coach. Joe needed that 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 in season tournament check too. Uh, so he's not he's not he's not going to give away another twenty five k. Oh, Joe! If ever there was a well, no, that's that's no. It's it's the holiday what, season. You don't want to give away that. What you do as a coach, if you want to get your money's worth, <laughs> is rather than um, criticize the refs. Just go freaking ballistic and get yourself tossed. That's your pound of flesh there. That's not going to get you fined. That's no. just that's, but that's going to get it out there. There's no benefit to saying stuff um, 
to saying stuff, uh, you know, publicly because you're going to get trashed. Yeah, you are. You are. And, and, and I, I, I appreciate the fact that even though obviously he didn't verbally express his frustration and his anger, he made it clear that he was frustrated and pissed about what happened. Yeah. And uh, again, I think Joe, you know, he's a young coach that's trying to figure out what's the best way for him to manage not just the players, but also manage his emotions. Because I, I can't imagine being a coach in that situation and you feel as though your guys deserve better. I mean, when you hear some of the stuff that, and, and again, having been on press row and listening to some of the things that players who are considered top 20, top 40, hell, even some guys who aren't even, I mean, freaking Patrick Beverly gets love. Kevin Garnett <laughs> should have been getting like 15 ticks, uh, texts every trip yeah. up and down the court, you know, just. I, I, I mean, I like, like, again, I spent a lot of years covering Rasheed Wallace, and I can tell you, he earned a lot of those texts. And I was, but he had some where he didn't earn, like, he got tech, he got teed up for laughing at a player. Literally just laughing at a player. Satrunas Ilgoskis, I'll never forget it. And that guy rescinded. Uh, but the, the point is this. It's an emotional game, and I get that. And, and not only for players and coaches, but also for officials. But that second tech, I need to know what the hell happened on that one because that's the one that makes absolutely no sense from a an outsider looking at the game perspective. It makes yep. no sense. No makes sense. no sense. So we'll hear more on that. Those guys, Jalen finished up talking. We'll get some of that sound on the air. Um, in a little bit, Bobby and Josue will be doubling back and we'll hear from them as well. And again, I do want to get into a bunch of other players because if like we were going to give out a brownie tonight, I think honestly, like you could make a case for White. You can make a case for Al. You can make a case for uh, Holiday. You can make a case for Porzingis. Um, I, <clears throat> there was a lot to like from a lot of different players tonight. Um, and so I think deserves a little bit of love we'll get into that in a minute score early this nfl season with fanduel you know what's america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet look if you're not good at math you, you even you know that's a good deal i mean i'm not good at math and i, I know that's a good deal that's 150 bucks if your team wins if you've been thinking about joining fanduel there's no better time to get in on the action the app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now, pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Also tell you quickly about our friends over at Dreamers Pro who are running a special uh, and a promotion on SeatGeek, <laughs> number one ticketing app. Thousands of uh, events live throughout the country that you can get to, and sometimes it's a tough ticket uh, and tough to get in. Uh, so, you know, you got to use a ticket broker and no better place to do it than SeatGeek. Uh, and no better way to do it than to get a discount. 20 bucks off your first order if you use the promo code DreamersPro. So once again... Go to SeatGeek, 
<clears throat> put in that code Dreamers Pro twenty bucks off. If you're gonna if you're gonna go out there and you're looking for a ticket somewhere, you might as well take advantage of this uh, offer tonight. Uh, let's whip around here and we'll go with uh, D White. I think statistically, it's hard to argue that he didn't. He wasn't the guy tonight. This was, I mean, you know, we might overuse the term phenomenal. This was a phenomenal game from Derek White. He was so good. And it was in, little, in every way. And it's not way. just the counting stats. He was so freaking good. Yeah. You look at the line for Jalen Brunson, not great. Uh, you know, and defensively, he was really, really good. But the thing that he did that I, I thought was just really smart, and I watched him a little bit closer in the second half, his ability to move without the ball is so freaking good. Uh, and they've done a much better job of getting him the ball in sweet spots uh, where he can be most impactful, where he's comfortable. Uh, and, and he's done a much better job recognizing when he needs to just go at guys. Uh, I, I, and it gets back to something Tatum has said time and time again about how they have to almost like beg him to, to be more assertive. And there are nights where he doesn't have to be nudged. And this is one of those nights. And I think seeing Jalen out of the game, I think, for him, something clicked that just said, I just got to go get buckets because Jayla's not around and, and Tatum, you know, Tatum's going to need some help. So let me do what I can do. And I got a mismatch almost every possession with either Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson on me, who's too little, uh, Julius Randles, too slow, DiVincenzo, too little. And he did, he did a really good job of just making the Knicks pay for every matchup that they didn't address the way they should have. Yeah. Um, it, it was, again, just a really interesting night. Like, it felt like Tatum and Brown were the second were, were like the other guys in this, uh, you know, uh, on this team for 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 a while tonight. Like, if you had never watched a basketball game in your life and this was the first one ever, like, you might be like, oh, this Derek White guy must be their best player, and also that really tall guy, you know, like. <laughs> and, and it's not because the other guys were bad. In fact, I actually thought Brown was having a really good all around game in terms of like. You know, and and I think he got tweaked by something, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But um, you know, Brown, he's got you know, he definitely pays attention to what's being said, maybe a little bit too much. But I think I wonder if it impacted the way he played tonight. But he, I thought he played really well. But um, Tatum, uh, one shot. I don't. I don't think he got a shot in his first stint um, before he subbed out at about the six minute mark. I don't even yeah. remember. I don't remember him touching the ball in the first six six or that so was- minutes. Yeah, I don't know whether that was by design or to get Porzingis going because Porzingis had the mismatch and Porzingis had the hot hand right out the gate and he was making he was making the Knicks pay inside game three ball. Uh, he scored the first eight points. So he I, I my, my first initial thought was that maybe Tatum is just going to ride this early hot hand and not know that he's still going to get his shots as they come in the flow of the office. But he Tatum did not look like he was looking to score early on. And, and yeah, I don't know whether that was just him just having one of those stretches or whether he was consciously trying to be part of the Porzingis, you know, uh, let's get KP going because he's been out for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe. But the thing is, like, it wasn't one of those, like, there would be times watching this team in the past, Gerard, where you'd be like – what is Joe doing? Get Tatum the ball. And honestly, if the if shots weren't dropping and they went down 18 to 8 in those first six minutes and Tatum didn't get a shot, we'd be having a different conversation, which is how in the world do you not initiate some offense through your best player? But they kind of didn't. And that's – I kind of like that in the sense of like, 
we're just going to play. You may get the ball, you may not. We're not just going to give it to Tatum with 10 seconds into the clock and let him kind of figure out what he's going to do next. I find that that's when their offense is at their worst. Um, and I liked that it was the ball was in other people's hands and they were doing their thing and it was moving around and you're getting Porzingis on, you know, uh, you know, open looks and White was doing his thing. I don't mind it because I do like I do think you've got this type of team where you can have a more democratic offense and not really like need to feed guys. Right. And, and it's, it's good to see them actually not only look to do that, but be effective in doing that. I mean, Porzingis. Derek White, Drew Holiday, you name it. Everyone, pretty much everyone but Tatum. Those first few minutes was really in a good rhythm offensively. And the Tatum, you know, he's such a phenomenal talent that he can have a quarter where you don't look for him at all and still finish the game with 25, 6. And it seven. happens all the time. All the time. He's that damn good where he doesn't need to hunt shots. He doesn't need to hunt opportunities to get buckets because he's so talented that it, he's just gonna, it's just going to happen. Uh, there are very few players in this league that can just basically wake up out of bed, go into the basketball court, and get you 25 without doing any – you don't really even have to call plays for Tatum, really. He's that good. He's going to recognize the opportunities to get buckets. And I just thought early on it was Porzingis' night. Uh, and they made, it, they made a, a point of feeding him – Early enough. But again, it's I still find it remarkable that we can talk about a Celtics team and say they looked as good offensively as they've looked at any point in the year. And you had kind of a so-so, you know, Tatum game <laughs> and Brown was pretty good, but wasn't dropping buckets by any means and got ejected. And you still come away with it scoring 133 points and yeah. feeling like this was one of the better all around offensive games that you had. That just kind of shows like both the firepower and the Porzingis effect on this offense. Again, it was just hard for them not to score. It kind of felt like, you know, it just, it, 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 and that's what I think people like got, you know, myself included, got geeked up about, you know, early, early in the season uh, when those guys were, it's just like, how do you, how do you stop this? How can you contend with this and with this team when they're playing that way? Well, I think, Johnny, it goes back to what you said earlier about that that democratic little d uh, approach to the game where it becomes extremely difficult for your defense to do the things that you're, you've been trained to do. If there's a hot hand, you either double team, you tilt, you blitz, you do something to throw that hot hand off. But what do you do when there's five hot hands? Yeah. What the hell are you going to do? When you've got a seven foot two inch guy that can score around the basket and uh, you know from three point line, you've got a six 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 seven guard in Derek White who can do can can guard one through five on, on a lot of teams and still go out there and get you fifteen points as the fifth option. And they, they pose a lot of problems when they are playing that all encompassing. You know, everyone is getting, everyone is feeding yeah. off of with, of the of the ball. Yeah, I think, and if defensively they tried like ten percent harder, um, oh. you know, in the first half, I, I I thought they were the effort was, eh, I don't think they were contesting uh, much, uh, you know, on a lot of them, a lot of like, yeah, you know, um, yeah. I, you know, they play a little bit tighter defense, and this thing's a twenty-five point game at the half, the way the office was playing, but Nick shot the lights out because I, you know. I think the Celtics kind of <laughs> let them have some open looks, and they did. They knocked him down. They did. And that, that, <laughs> I mean, that was a disappointing thing because you know a guy like R.J. Barrett, for example, who has been he's been kind of struggling lately. The last he's, he's he scored less than twenty 
uh, in the previous four games. He's only averaged about just under around 16 points a game in their last five games. And they gave him so many great looks. I mean, he was the one guy that I, I'm just watching him play. I'm like, I know he's not like, you know, perennial also, but damn, put some respect in that man's game. You can't let him just, just, just dribble and drive and shoot and raise up and do whatever the hell he wants to when he wants to because he's an NBA player. He's going to make shots uh, if you do that. I have um, I have the pool report uh, right now, so I'm going to read uh, a little bit off of it, um, kind of in real time. I'm just seeing it now, so give me a second here. I'm opening it up. Um, where did it go? Here it is. Okay, so the pool report. What warranted Brown getting the first uh, technical? First technical foul was called for use of profanity towards the game official. What warranted the second technical on Brown? Second technical foul was called for a wave off directed at the official, which under the respect of the game guidelines is considered an overt gesture and unsportsmanlike act. That's it. Wow. <laughs> That's the whole report. So the wave off. Let's let's put it this way. Letter of the law is that. And I'll say this, it's that whole first tech, second tech thing, right? Like how many first techs have we seen with this? Porzingis has gotten them. Tatum's gotten them. We've seen them quite a bit. They don't want it. Like, so they're trying to eliminate it for sure. And yes, that's what I said. There's some gesticulating on the bench there and Brown's waving, but I don't think he waved off the official. I, I believe right, that's, I believe what he was saying was the same foul down there. And right. I saw him waving his hand and banged him for it. And so that's what I thought. I didn't think it was words. And when Joe said, I've heard worse, I don't think they heard what he said from down there. I think they saw this and waving his arms around and called it the overt gesture, which again, <laughs> you got to be looking to eject a guy <clears throat> in, to do that in the first place because he was so far out of there and he's not. But I really think, I mean, you can see him mouth it. It was the same play down there and he's pointing to the other end of the floor not at the ref i think they'll see that and do some very basic lip reading and be able to figure that out pretty quickly and reverse it well here this is the, the, the one of the officials sean corbin was near Jalen when that call from the other official on the other side of the court made the call sean corbin i think he's the one that could, could clear a lot of this up. If Jalen is over on that as a sideline saying, make the same call down there, and you get back there with your officials, and you've got one who said, I gave him the second toss because he was waving us off. Why would you not speak up and say, no, he was saying, make the same call down there, which is different than waving you off. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. And this is, this is some. <laughs> oh, man. It's, man, uh, man. it's, it's silly stuff. It is. Uh, it is. That, that, uh, it's it's silly, but I think we had it right on first glance, like looking at it, and that's what it was. That the hand motion was what, and that's, the that's hand most the hand motion did him in because they thought he was that you know he was, you, you know you're there's wrong. A difference between, there's a difference between just saying that's waving you off, but if I'm going directly like this, ah, uh, anyway. yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Uh, still waiting for Josue and Bobby to uh, join us at some point. We will have a little bit of Jalen Brown uh, sound on the ejection. <laughs> we'll get back to that story in a bit because I wanted to do the, um, you know, get that full report uh, action there. Uh, but, you know, I'll let you gush a little bit about our man, Al. And again, 
I put up that stat earlier, and it doesn't look great, Al, with the starters. Um, so I certainly don't want – but the, what was missed on that stat was the third most used lineup uh, that they play there with those teams is the double big lineup. And it, in fact, does very well. So, uh, you know, oddly enough, Bobby still has some semblance of a case in his quest to get Al starting. Um, but uh, still, it's really more a matter of, you know, I just think Al is perfectly suited to come off the bench um, and just the way that they can kind of set their rotations. I still don't know why Cornette needed to play tonight, but maybe it's, again, you wanted to keep Perzingis under 30 maybe in his first game back, and that was more the thinking rather than stretch him out to 35, 36, 37 when he hasn't played in three weeks or so. But I just think it makes perfect sense. But he was, again, he played a near-perfect game tonight. Yeah, and this is this is Al Horford that if you're going to win a championship, Boston, you're going to need this Al Horford. Come in there, be solid on the boards, knock down open threes, because you're going to get a lot of open threes. You don't have to take every one, but you need to at least make one or two so that the defense will, will, will respect you a little bit out there. Uh, and Al did his job tonight. I mean, this is this is literally – I mean, if they could – if they could copy what Al did tonight and have this Al every single game, they're, they're winning a championship. There's no doubt about it because Al gives you exactly what you need off the bench. Uh, I, I think we all can kind of see the writing on the wall that once they get to the playoffs and this bench gets a little bit tighter, uh, we're probably not going to see uh, certain players that we saw out there tonight come off the bench. Uh, and and Al is not one of them. Al will be out there. Yeah. Uh, so – this was good. This was good out. This was the good out that I think the Celtics absolutely need to see more of going forward. Now that you're whole again, does that mean the Banton minutes and the Kata minutes are, are gone forever? You know, you know what? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because I think Joe still in the back of his mind is thinking, even though this is my core group, I kind of like the Benton guy, and for and and, I, and again, I'm speaking for Joe. I'm not speaking for Sherrod because Sherrod is not on board with Benton's minutes. I'm I'm off that ship altogether. S H I P ship altogether. Uh, but Joe is not. Joe Joe likes what he's seeing out of him. I don't. I just don't think he's giving you anything. Uh, you've got enough guys who can handle the ball. He's not a good shooter. His defense is meh, and. He, I prefer Sam Hauser at this point over over Ben easily, easily. Uh, Sam made some plays today, and we haven't really talked about I like Sam. Sam. Sam made some pretty sweet plays this game. He had a block shot, uh, and the thing that I I, I and I, I keep talking about this about Sam. Dare we say I he looked it. athletic tonight? Oh, I thought he was about to dunk on Hardlestein. I I, I I thought he Sam, was gonna. Th- I, I thought, thought he. Oh, and that would have that would have absolutely brought the house down if he did that. Uh, but the thing I keep watching more and more about Sam that it's just it's just who he is. He's a smart enough player to do the most basic fundamental thing you want to do as a defender, and that is stay between stay the front. rim and stay just stay between the, the rim and the dribbler. Just yeah, stay in front just of the guy. Front. Exactly. And Sam Sam does that as good as anyone on his team, damn near. And, and and he's never going. He's not going to be a shot blocker. He's not locking guys up. He's just going to make you making shots harder. 
That's what you want. That's what we said about him last year, too. It's like, you know, you had that they had that stupid stat about him leading the league in defensive rating. And again, you know, that was again, you know, part of it was in his limited minutes. I think teams, you know, we've explained why we think this kind of thing happens. Teams get teams get matchup, you know, all geeked up on finding the matchup and hunting him out. And they take their, you know, t- they, they take themselves out of their uh, offense because they're just like, got to attack this guy, got to attack this guy. And it's easier for the defense to settle when you know what's coming and when the other team just goes ISO heavy because they think they've got a matchup in Hauser. So they weren't as successful as they thought. But really, it just comes down to the fact that he's always competitive on defense. It's not, as you said, he's not driving you nuts. He's not locking you up. He's not everywhere you everywhere you look to go. He's not there waiting for you. He's not one of those guys. But he is exactly that is I'm just going to stay in front of this guy and stay competitive. And I'm not a, I'm not going to be a freaking turnstile here. And that's what he does. He's always competitive and he's smart and he plays with his feet and he and he does a good job with that. And you know what? And, and I, I was texting a, a scout early today and then and we just we got somehow we got on the topic of Sam and, and I asked him, you know, why, why is it that teams are still looks like they're trying to hunt him down? And he said they're not doing that necessarily to score on him. They're doing that to wear him down. Because now he's on a scouting report as a guy that can knock down shots. If you make him work harder defensively, yeah, you absolutely want to score. But then it was just like, but you're wearing him down, so he's not going to shoot as well. And I thought tonight Sam did not shoot the ball really like we've seen. And he had to play a lot harder defensively in this game than I think he's had to play in some others because they were going at him a lot. Yeah. It was not a typical um, Sam Hauser box score on his birthday, uh, which is what it was today. I think uh, 26 years old today. Happy birthday, Sam Hauser. Did not hit a three on his birthday. Tear. Oh, I lost you. Yeah, that doesn't feel right that he didn't hit a three on his birthday. Right? This should have been. He should have been the one with 30 points, not Derek White. Exactly. But again, contributed in different ways, which you like. What's funny about Hauser, you know, and again, 0 for 5 tonight, you know, a minus 10, you know, all, all five from three. Um, what's funny about Hauser was, um, you know, the fear factor with playing him or leaving him in there or playing, you know, uh, you know, deep minutes with him. I just, I think the most important thing is that doesn't exist anymore. You're actually right. fine. You're fine playing him in most situations now. And it's yeah. not kind of like, oh, let's survive the Sam minutes. Like, I don't think you feel that. I really do think it was like a in case of emergency break glass sort of player, and he's not that guy for them anymore. I think they're just like, yeah, when we need him, we'll, pull, we'll put him out there. Um, yeah. Josue Pavone has been on the scene hunting down the latest about some bullshit no about what went down uh were you in uh talking to jalen and before you tell your story let me see if we i have a set were you in talking to jalen i was yeah all right we have a soundbite here i'll play it first and then we'll hear joe sway's take he was in there listening to brown uh talking about his ejection in the fourth quarter of tonight's game against excuse me uh to be honest i'm not sure um but uh, i wish i would have got my money's worth I always thought my first career ejection would be something a little more exciting. You know, maybe a tussle or something. You know, guys get folded up, go to the ground, not some over-emotional ref who had a bad day. Like, what I'm most upset about is I should have got my money's worth. What was the second thing that got you tossed? I don't know. So I think it's a difference between 
showing emotion and it being disrespectful or derogatory towards another person. I don't think I was directing it towards him whatsoever, especially on the second one. It wasn't even close. I'm on the bench. You know what I mean? I'm talking from the sideline. He can't even hear anything I'm saying. So if he calls a tech from across the court, you know, that's for sure. Have to do with somebody having their emotions too involved in whatever else is going on and they accessing their power with technical fouls. Like, you know, I ain't gonna comment on officiating in general, but I am gonna comment on this guy in particular tonight. I thought that was thought that was bullshit. <laughs> Yo, that's a couple of fines. You, you just I, got like your money's worth. I wish, I wish we had facts, my dudes. That I would have been running up every time he said something because it would be like ching, 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 ching. ching. Hey, he's got the kind of money. He's got the kind of money. He's good. he's gonna get the tech rescinded, but he's gonna give back a little of that three hundred mil after that press conference uh, yeah. there. So, Josue, you were in on it. Give us your uh, take. Yeah, Bobby's I mean, trying he's, to, Bobby's trying to crash your party, but you're, you got the floor. He's still pretty fired up. And, and you know what? Rightfully so. Rightfully so. I mean, obviously, the ejection didn't cost the Celtics the game here. But when you think about a referee, uh, you know, handing a technical foul over something that he did, and he's he's calling it from across the court. I mean, you, you can 100% understand why. If you're Jalen, you're like, how, how do you do that? And then you, you pull the second one you know, uh, right in that moment. So I, I looked at the, um, uh, the pool report. Uh, the officials now he spoke on the second one because Jalen was said, like, I didn't say anything to this guy, even within a shot of his ears. And he said that um, all the officials rather said that it was a gesture that Jalen made a, yeah. a, a, you know, did you guys, did you guys go over this already? We, so you, uh, we just saw the pool report a couple of oh, okay. right. out there. And that's what Sherrod and I were, were, uh, were, were speculating before. I, that's, that's why I think it's that's personal. What I thought happened is, you know, if you saw, if he's far away and Brown is saying, you can see it clear as day. He's right. saying it was the same play down there. And right. he's pointing to the other end of the court. And the ref probably sees this pointing his finger. And he's, and he's thinking Jalen saying like, and this clown did yeah, this and, and X, Y, like, and Z. And you mother, right. he thinks he's wagging at him right. and he called right. it. I think it's so obvious when you, you see you it. Can't, but that's the that thing emotional. is like. That's why you don't make any calls from that far away. Like you're not calling a foul from the other end of the court because you just right. don't have, you can't see it. You can't right. toss a player from that far away, not being sure that what he's saying is directed at you at that point. Absolutely. So you can't make that, those kind of assumptions. Right. You can't. So that it. was the mistake there is he, he for sure assumed that Brown was going at him. Yeah, uh, and, and, it, and it wasn't the case. And then Joe Mazzula weighed in on it, talking about how, you know, what, what he said, the line that he heard that earned him the first technical foul was about a call that he that he labeled weak ass S-H-I-T, as Joe Mazzula said. And as Joe Mazzula said, he's heard a lot worse in the NBA, a whole lot worse. So um, without uh, saying, without going further, you know, into detail, he just put it this way. He said, look, I don't want to lose $20,000. So, you know, that was his way of saying, that's all I'm going to say about that. But clearly, Joe Mazzula didn't agree with the first technical foul. He couldn't speak on the second one because he said he didn't see what happened. He didn't see the play-by-play that led to the second one, but he was really against the first one. And Jalen Brown, I mean, he cooled off towards the end of the press conference, but you could tell he, he obviously uh, was very fired up. Like he said in that video, he never thought that his first ejection would be over uh, an emo ref, if you will. And that's what that's what, that's, that's what happened tonight. We had an emo ref in his feelings. Wow. Bobby. Yeah. Uh, they will find me, John. I'm good. So we good, guys. Okay, they can find all right. Me. Yeah, Celtics were laughing in the locker room. They said they've never seen Jalen that mad. They were laughing at how he was, how he was kind of waving his fingers, calling the guy toward him. 
uh, as he was storming off the bench there. He was, and then Jason at one so point. So that was could like, get him in trouble too. Like Jalen's going to get the tech rescinded, but going out there and telling the ref to come to just step to him, you know, or whatever, like yeah. come come here. Yeah. He just wants to have a conversation with them, Joe. Yeah. And, and then, no, and yeah, then, you can't storm on the court I, like that. What do you mean? So just come in and talk to you for a second, man. I I I, I, I feel Jalen on them conversations. I it wasn't calm, Joe Sway. It wasn't calm. <laughs> nah, you know, you know, when, <laughs> you know when someone's really upset, they give you that that nice like. Just come here for a second. Just come here for a second. Yeah, so, you know, still, he's, let's go around the corner. Let's go around the corner and have this conversation. He yeah. doesn't want to give you a hug, right? Right. <laughs> Jason was like, "You should have seen the look on Sam's face when he went out there." Yeah. So, yeah. Sam, we talk about. They were uh, Hauser. So Hauser. No, Hauser, Hauser was shocked, I guess. But they uh, they shrugged it off. They're not too concerned about it. Porzingis did say though that they got to work on that a little bit, and he put it on himself too, because obviously he's had a lot of texts this year that you know no one's ever going to be 100 percent happy with their refs. No one's ever going to be praising them. So I guess uh, Jalen went all in though. Joe Sway he he racked up some more money in that press conference. You think? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Couple couple checks. I don't like to talk about refs, but this mother over there who's in his, who's in, who's in his feelings. But emo ref that, numbers. That was my favorite part, the fact that I guess he's in his feelings. He's That's in, like, yeah. damn. You yeah. had a bad day. You had a bad day. I agree, no, I agree with Jalen on that. Um, yeah, I don't know about this one. Obviously, I thought Jason was at fault last Friday. Uh, with trying to interrupt the replay there. This one, I don't know. Like you said, John, it it wasn't conclusive. It was from far away. He's on the bench just kind of stewing. I think you just let it go there if you're the rest. But, again, you can't yeah. put yourself in that position if you're Jason or Jalen. Anyway, Back-to-back yeah. weeks. And it's a close game at that point, John. It's It's not. I don't you know, should, Bobby. No, this should, one's different. Like, yeah. uh, there's no doubt about it. There's They're two separate stories one it probably wasn't a warranted tech two just shut up you know like there's no benefit to continuing going at the ref and you've already earned your fifth foul and you gotta sit and you just got a tech there's no benefit to continuing to go at him on the bench so yes obviously better same thing with tatum he just couldn't let it go and he kept going and going and going it's obviously better to just take your medicine and stop. It was a bad call, or I didn't like the call. I'm done. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going. Nothing good can possibly come out of it. Right. It still doesn't change the fact that it was a bullshit tech. Is it but anyone's like, job, Sherrod, to calm these guys down in that spot and make sure they don't get ejected? Because if this happens in a playoff game, it could be devastating. Well, I, mean, I don't know how the Celtics are doing it this year, but I know that they're you know what the Lakers did. Where there are certain assistant coaches whose job is to make sure that when things get like, for example, if let's say something really egregious happens on the court, and then it, it you start seeing players trying to converse, there certain assistant coaches are supposed to keep certain players from not engaging in that. But I, I'm not. I don't know if there's a. If, I don't know if there's there's like a protocol for you know if, if a player is getting upset, you assistant coach need to calm him down. No, these are grown ass men who are making nine figures, eight figures. No, you need yeah. to calm yourself down. That's a different tax bracket. Yeah, it is. And the thing the thing about Jalen though, and I, I think the part of the frustration for him, and I, I understand where he's coming from. He's on the bench. He has he's taken himself out of the court he should be able to say whatever the hell he wants to within reason on the bench and if he's just saying call you know if he's just gesturing that's way 
making a. I don't understand how we got. I, I'm still struggling with the second track. It's personal, man. It's got to be personal. To me, this is maybe these two have a history, or he's just always been uh, someone that he's like, you know what? I, I don't like this guy's attitude. You know what I mean? Because for him to make that assumption, it's got to be personal. It has to uh, be. I don't know. He, he wasn't like, even because there's a difference between doing it from afar. I, don't know I just think he was. I, I think he's in his feelings, and and I, you know, I think he was very mad. Yeah. Yeah, but the fact that you. Okay, it's a different. It's a difference between getting waved off right in front of your face, like get out of here with that weak stuff or whatever, and doing it from afar, you know. And I feel like when I say personal, I don't think that this guy's like, oh, I can't stand Jalen every single night. But I think that when he's in the heat of the game, heat of the moment, he's got a tech ready for Jalen at times, you know. And I don't know. Obviously, we don't know if these, these two have a history, but for you to 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 give him that second technical foul that quickly, I don't know, man. It makes me feel like he he sort of has a thing that that he's he had that ready. You know what I mean? I just feel like he had that ready. Do you agree with this, John? I want to pull Kess up here. Yes and no. There's a different – you can show emotion without complaining to the referees. I don't think complaining to the refs is emotion. It's not. Like, like that's just – it's selfish, honestly. Like, to just – it's your thing. You feel you got wronged. You've got to get your pound of flesh. Emotion to me is – so you don't like how you know, a hard foul and you run up to somebody and you get in their face. You hit right. the deck. You do different things. You get up. You flex. You friggin' roar after a good play. That's emotion. This isn't that. This is – like I said – everyone's going to get hot. It's a competitive game. Stuff like that's going to happen. You're going to, you're going to flail around. You might give somebody a shove and get yourself a tech. You might snap at a ref quick because you have, you have an emotional response. It's part of the game, but nobody's rooting for guys to go in on the refs as a sign of emotion. I think there's a million different ways that they can, they can show it. But there's a difference between the first tech and the second tech though. Right, John. I mean, like not to say that like after you get handed that second tech, you have to be, I mean, not to say that, um, what do you call it? To earn that second tech, you have to do something way worse than the first thing. But I mean, this is sort of that situation, though, right? And at the same time, you know, we talked about that. What, what, what happened with, with Tatum, right? When he got ejected, and I, I just feel like there's a difference between soon as the call's made and you react right away. Then it's compared the to continuation. That's exactly. all we said. The like an argument. The longer it goes, the more you know something bad's going to potentially happen. You're putting yourself in a position where, you know, it's like giving them excuse, but that's it. But then when they're separated, though, you're thinking, oh, okay, Jalen's good now. Like, that's that's where I side with Jalen because I'm like, you, you, he did the right thing. He's not he still in the guy's ejected. face. He, and he, still, he, he wasn't pursuing him, right? He shouldn't have been ejected. I mean, those are the type of ejections that I feel like are, are warranted where the official just feels cornered. He doesn't know what to do, and he's in his feelings as well. He's in motion. I, it's you again – it seems stupid considering you remember what like what it takes to get you I mean the, the conversation we had two years ago in the playoffs what it took Draymond to get uh, ejected he's literally stepping on people's balls you know like and he, they're not tossing him out of the game like so again yes this is stupid shit like it's stupid but as far as the emotion no I don't I'm not saying I necessarily like favor it or not but sometimes it happens it's never happened to Brown before we're not sitting here saying Bobby it's like a problem, you know, like I'm not worried. Like, oh, it hasn't geez. been. He just, just not his thing. It's not, that's no, not no, it has. It hasn't been for Jalen, right? Never. But for this team, it it has. And Grant's gone, of course. So maybe someone had to step into the, you know, b- backup role yeah, behind Tatum. The officials have been weird this year, guys. And normally they have their funky first two, three weeks where they want to lay the land of the law and all yeah, that people, stuff. But people in the chat are having different. a difficult time with nuance. Okay, it it didn't. He didn't deserve a tech, but the more you go and bark at the refs and continue with your beef, the more you open yourself up to it. You guys understand the difference, right? 
okay? It can be both. And you it can't can win. Both. There's no yeah. winning there. Yeah. I mean, what are you yeah, going to no, gain? No ref's going to be like, you oh. You don't gain anything. I didn't, so I you didn't put see yourself in a position. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other basketball-related stuff, Bobby. <laughs> That's how the second half of the conference felt. Like, no one spoke for a second. And then uh, uh, Jared Weiss goes, uh, so Jared White had a good game today. And everyone just kind of laughed. So, I mean, yeah. Jalen wasn't as pissed off, pissed off towards by the end of it. But, obviously, he had to say what he had to say. I love the balance in this game, John, offensively. I felt like everybody was involved in this game. They found ways to integrate bench guys into the starting lineup. You saw that double big unit to close in the halftime. You saw Hauser playing in the fourth quarter with the starters contributing. Had a big offensive rebound uh, for a second-chance bucket when the lead got down to nine there. Uh, So, tremendous game offensively. They need this. They looked like they were reorganized, reset on that end. You didn't see the clunkiness that you saw over the last nine games before this that were starting to worry me a little bit. And Porzingis returning obviously has a big deal uh, in that outcome. But uh, Drew, more involved. I felt like his involvement was very low to start this season. And Derek, probably the best game he's had all year. So those guys obviously benefited from Porzingis being back out there. Uh, some good set plays, too, at different points in this game. You saw Joe calling those out. Got Horford at three in the corner. Uh, got Jalen that dunk over Hartenstein. So coaching getting involved in the offense too uh, to initiate them through some of the more stagnant stretches in the second half because obviously that 20 point lead got down to seven at another at one point Sherrod has uh, Sherrod's got uh, too much commotion around him so we'll continue on here he may jump back on Uh, he may not Bobby we talked about this a little and I want I want your take on it I sent the stats to you guys a couple of weeks like a couple of days ago and then Brian Barrett, uh, you know, tweets it today. Um, the on-off numbers with the starters, the starting four, the core four, and Porzingis, and the same ones and Horford being such a stark difference here. And again, I'm not saying this as an indictment on Horford, but it is interesting how dependent this team has become. I mean, has become on Porzingis so early. Yeah, it's unbelievable. At this point, I think Joe Sway, you're starting to say if they don't have him, they're going to be in rough shape just because. He's the guy Brown and Tatum can play off of. We know how much they have problems sometimes playing off each other. But when you have the big man involved as a screener in mismatches, as an easy target for passes, I mean, he scored the first eight points in this game and then was the target throughout. I thought he forced things a little bit in the second half, uh, which you know, you'll take from him because he can hit those tough. I can't believe some of those two-pointers he hits from mid-range, John, where the guy's right in front of him and he just tosses it up over their head. It's just like no rhythm. Up. We've all shot those shots before. It's a, They're almost impossible to make, but he makes them look easy You know, when a guy's right up underneath them. So it's a great return. Look fresh. The three-pointer was there early and often for him. Drawing free throws, a strength of his, too. He's just such a weapon on that end. And I turned to Joe Sway at one point tonight, and I was like, who, who would ever thought this would be the guy? This would be the guy who would unlock everything. It just shows how far his game's come. Because when we talked about trading for him at other points, he wasn't this guy. This is a different Porzingis we're seeing compared to three, four years ago in Dallas especially. Yeah, he's such a smarter player, I, I feel like. I mean, we we didn't see him a lot 
you know, throughout the course of the last two, three seasons, but you just seen the difference of the way he meshes with these guys. And of course those, those uh, games against the wizards where uh, he was really carrying, carrying the, uh, the offense against the Celtics. So, I mean, obviously Brad Stevens had this guy in mind and he, he made the right decision because he just changes everything. I mean, there was a one point where like some of these defenders, when they get caught on the switch and it doesn't even matter, like it's, they're, they're, it's just devastating. Like there was one play where he scores, like you said, Bobby made it look effortless, almost like off of like one foot, Three-point shot over Josh Hart, shoots it right in his face. Hart goes back on the other end of the floor, gets caught in the switch, fouls Porzingis, which I think it picked, at that point was his fourth foul. He just does a beeline straight to the corner and just sits there and sulks. Like, that's how frustrating he is. And I feel like with this lineup especially, it doesn't matter who they're playing against. I mean, in, in terms of the switching, it's interchangeable. I mean, all of these guys can guard one through five. And it's interesting because uh, the, the, one of the uh, questions that Joe Mazzulla got before the game was the difference and the impact that, that Porzingis does and the fact that he's one of the one of the four guys that can do that in terms of switching. And Mazzulla was like, actually, we got about eight or nine guys that do that. And, and I think it just shows uh, – it, it says a lot about what the Celtics defense looks like when Porzingis is out there and especially what he means to the offense. And, and those numbers that, John, you sent I me, mean, it, it just makes – it makes sense, but seeing it back after not yeah. for like a week and a half, it's just like, oh, wait, yeah, this is how it's explosive this team can be, the offense can be. I mean, shit, was it, 100 points in the first three quarters? I mean, that's that's how that's how electric it is. That's, it's, that's it, how it is. It's it's instant, the impact, the impact right away. Bobby, it's interesting, too, like, we didn't know exactly what you're getting in Porzingis, right? This is a guy who fell off everybody's radar, kind of. You know, just based on either injuries or just kind of playing in obscurity and, you know, not ever kind of living up to that, you know, first couple season hype when he came out with the Knicks as the, you know, the original unicorn uh, and this guy who was like, you know, early in his career, maybe a top 10 NBA come out like, oh, my God, Porzingis. Um, And then. You know, there's some reputational issues like people were concerned, like what type of guy are you getting in this and that? Like, it's almost like pinch yourself kind of dream scenario in terms of not only the the type of guy like player he is and how he fits like instantly, like he and Jalen are best friends. He freaking loves it here. He'll do whatever it takes to win. But also the fit on the court, like both of those things is, is it's like I, I, I didn't we just didn't know. We didn't know exactly how it would work. He, he his demeanor is so infectious too. You right? see guys laughing like J- Jason and everybody were laughing at his post game sh- um, comments there because he was like after the ejection everybody calmed down everyone was everyone was chill even the coaches and Drews in the back like mimicking him like they all just get a kick out of him. He's so easy going and it, he seems to be a great teammate in the room because all he says is I don't care about my stats. I don't care about the shot totals. I don't really care about any of that. I'm having fun here because we're winning. Love the crowd. Love the fans. He just seems to get this whole experience, maybe because of the other uh, difficult experiences he's been through. I know he was on JJ Redick talking about that this week as well. But he's hilarious. I mean, I was joking around with Joe Sway before the game. He's drinking a Coke and just walking on the court and hitting shots. And then right before we talked to him now, he just pounded a Bud Light, came over and talked to us. Yo, my man. Like, he's just, he's just having that. such a great time here. And his game looks effortless too, John. He just tosses it up and hits everything. I've never been more impressed by watching a player just shoot around. Even this morning at shoot around, he just boom, 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 three, 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 three. And I know that's not impressive because all the – you know, pros can do that effectively, but with him, it's just a little bit more smooth watching him do it in that body. 
Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you too, Bobby. I mean, we don't see that often. Uh, someone that can just light it up, even with you know no one out there and it's not in the game situation. It's still fascinating to watch. You know, it's interesting. Joe Mazzula, um had a lot of great things to say about Tatum and, 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 and Brown. Uh, the fact that these guys can uh, recognize when it's time to really get other guys involved and, and, and how they evolved as facilitators. But if you ask me, man, the, the biggest difference maker is, is, is Porzingis. I mean, he allows these guys to do that because not only is Porzingis going to go out there and can easily score your, your, your first eight points of the night, but he can also spread the floor for you. He can also, you know, be a threat in the paint. I mean, uh, constant double teams where you're always going to find an open guy. So if you just play smarter and you just have that natural approach and the way the New York Knicks were just really came out strong defensively and trying to limit Tatum and Brown, those open passes are always going to be there. And that's when you have, like I said, you know, those eight points uh, to start the game from Porzingis. And then later on, you know, Derek White was just got his offense going early and often. He finishes with 30. I mean, there's just so many other weapons that open up when Porzingis is out there. But of course, Tatum and Brown, you do have to credit them for having that, you know, for, for, for evolving in that sense, right? Because I feel like a year ago, that wasn't always the case. And obviously a year ago also, they didn't have someone like Porzingis. So it's all coming together for sure. He's a, he, he really is a blast to cover. And it's, I was thinking in the locker room, John, it, it's the opposite of KG. You always talk about KG, how he'd wait all night long and he'd just come out and it didn't matter. Session. Cause when he did, you were like, that was the best post game ever. Like <laughs> and, K, and his, KG yeah, would yeah. make you wait. And then you'd be like, I could write 20 stories off of this. Like it yeah. was enthralling. And you're like, I'm so glad I was here for it. It yeah, was just, see, while John, it was yeah. just such a drag, you know, see, while you're, while you're doing that towards the end of his uh, tenure in Boston, I'm I'm trying to edit his that same post game <laughs> post game conference. Uh, oh yeah, you would struggle, Joe Sway. Man, I'm at WEI and we're up against you know we go national at a certain time, so it's like I got like two, I got like five minutes to edit this thing down and put it on air real quick, and I'm just like it's like bleep 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 bleep, just riddled yeah. with swears. It's so, so he's, he's not he's not that good, but he's funny, he's honest, yeah. he'll get in depth on stuff, and he's. He's. I don't know. People don't care about this, but he's fast. Like he'll he'll just be like, "Can I talk now? Why not?" Yeah. Like right mm. after the game, he'll just walk right over. It's a, and his big it's thing a, is, yeah, it's his a, big. It's a his, much appreciated thing for the media. We like that. You know? We love that. Yeah. And his big thing is, I've never seen anyone do this. He wants a chair so he can just sit back and relax while. Which he's is talking. also great because you don't see a lot of Porzingis interviews shooting down on him, and that's what we have here. This is Porzingis. This is <laughs> this is what Bobby was talking about. This is Porzingis on the Brown stuff. Yeah, no, it's um, he got a little bit uh, riled up, you know, some some calls and and uh, and we knew that uh, like everybody needed to just calm down a little bit. Like it's always both teams probably feel the same way. Some call like <laughs> you rarely hear somebody says something good about the refs, you know, and so refs always get all the blame. But it's always for both teams feel like oh, some calls should have went our way. So I think. Uh, I think we have to do a better job of maintaining our composure. Um, JB is not, uh, you know, it doesn't happen too often to him. It happens probably more to me than, than anybody else on this team, but uh, we're working on it. This is a part <laughs> where we can grow. And, um, and uh, yeah, we, we, you know, maintain our composure, coaches too, and everybody stayed calm and we just kept playing and, and didn't really give them too much hope. You know, they did get a little bit closer, but... Uh, but we were, main, we were able to maintain that lead and just finish out the game. <laughs> the so that's team. what the top of Porzingis' head looks like. 
<laughs> it's never been reached. <laughs> That's, That's a great I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah. Never yeah. Seen it. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. He's great. Yeah, yeah who would have thought? Who would have thought he was the guy who would tie everything together for this team? But here he is doing it. What do you mean? Like as a tech king or just in general? No, no, no. Just his production <laughs> and the offense. I, yeah, I'm shocked he's the tech king too, but we haven't seen that recently. Maybe he'll well, be the I'm next glad. guy. I'm glad he added that. That was funny. <laughs> because, yeah, like, wait a minute. Aren't you the guy who gets the text? How many Bud Lights do you think he could drink? Oh, this guy's a... I should ask that. You know me, though. I'm always getting in trouble, John. <laughs> so I kept that one on the side. It's more old school. You used to walk into locker rooms and people would be drinking beer there, you know? In the It was know. different, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't usually see I've that. I've only seen it from Clay Thompson to remind it. After, after a win, why not? They got three days off here. It was pretty normal. The, the 2000, you know, the 2011 Red Sox ruined it for everybody. Yo, Popeyes is undefeated, though. Yeah, Popeyes is undefeated. <laughs> did you, you ever, did you watch Atlanta? By the way, the show. Oh, I love that. Yes, show. yes. Pop, oh, the series finale. Popeyes yes. prominently featured in the series finale is pretty freaking funny. When you're talking about Popeyes that. being undefeated, the ending of that show was perfect. I thought it was it perfect. Was. It was perfect. And now. There's like a conspiracy theory that it was a dream or something, but whatever. I'll I, lo- I love it because it. it could be. You know, it was all dare. It's all in Darius's it head. Yeah, um, exactly. Imagine that was the whole show. I love it. Leave it open ended like that. I love it. I love it. Anyway, uh, Derek White. We weren't. Um, we we talked a little how bit about him. How good is this guy? Again, super interesting how this night goes. And I'm, I'm making the same points I made with Sherrod just to hear your take on it. But like, it's crazy, right? That you have a game where Tatum was like a non-factor early he still gets his numbers because he's tatum and that's going to happen but he was pretty good late yeah he and he had a good game it wasn't a focal point i thought brown played an all-around good game until he gets ejected as well um offense is humming on all cylinders (laughs) but the guys who are the engine behind it are porzingis and uh and uh, and White and then you know even Holiday uh, who I thought had an overall really good game and he needed he needed one because uh, he hadn't been playing great but like White was clearly like the guy tonight. Yeah, I was talking to Drew this morning about you know him not being involved as much and he said big reason for that is that teams always put their worst defender on White. So they're looking for him throughout the flow of these games to take advantage of those guys. I, I can't remember off the top of my head who that was tonight, but. Subtle impact. You didn't even feel like he had 30, but he's that aggressive in his opportunities and he's that efficient that he's able to rack up those numbers. I think you've talked a little bit about this too, Joe Sway, just how aggressive he is pulling up from three. Never really felt like that was part of his game. No hesitation. Yeah. If he sees it, he takes it. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to let it go? When he came over from San Antonio, you didn't say this is a guy that pulls up from three and knocks him down off the dribble, but he's doing that now. And you got to credit. Obviously, we talked to his trainer over the summer, Marcus Mason there. Ben Sullivan, he got a lot of work in with last year when he was on the staff. His shot has come so far from that first year he arrived, and it's a dominant part of his game now, beyond the finishing in the lane through contact. Uh, And then the defense speaks for itself. He's just absolutely dominant on that end of the floor. And this is after a bad game on Monday for him. Bounces right back. Key to this win. We say it all the time, John. He's underrated. He's underrated. He's underrated. At this point, you got to start thinking. I know he got left off that list preseason, but every week it feels like you're just like, how so, high can he go? So that's the weird thing about it because, like, you know, even even year one when he wasn't playing great, like the 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 analytics still rated him. It didn't you know? 
to the eye test didn't a look like top he was 40 guy because he wasn't yeah. shooting well but the you know if you use all the catch-all kind of analytics and the you know the top 10 uh you know he was you know a top 40 45 player in the in the view you know of of like the analytics community and like they love him like consistently rated you know as a top 30 top 40 player so when he didn't make that I, I thought the after last year I thought the the notion of Derek you know White. where he's ranked right now by the way in one of those catchalls uh, the Raptor one there yeah tenth yeah as you know I love like Andy Bailey I love who does that who does that list that I send you guys from time to time does the top ten catchall stats and he compiles them and he uh, puts them all together and, and like, Holiday's eleventh by the way yeah White's always in there so again he does so much, but I thought the underrated stuff was gone after last year. Um, the way that he played. And then he goes one Oh one on that ESPN list, which was honestly, I just seemed ridiculous at yeah. this point, considering all the love the Celtics have gotten over the years, like Grant Williams made it and like Derek white didn't, I thought it was crazy, but like crazy. white is getting freaking MVP chance tonight from the crowd mm-hmm. uh, and was asked about it uh, after the game. Uh, you know, what it was kind of like, you know, getting that vibe at the garden. If you're aware, but calling Derek White underrated is kind of like the hottest trend in the NBA right now. So when you get to the line at the end of the game and they're chanting MVP for you, I'm wondering how that feels with someone that's kind of always tried to stay humble its whole career. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Um, anytime. Uh, we got, we got the best fans in the league. So um, I'm always thankful and grateful, grateful for them. Um, I mean, I know. I'm not the MVP, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's always cool to hear. Tell him, Derek. Always cool. That's that humble smile right there. You know what else, too, man? And I, I've, I've said this before, but it, the the way he's making teams pay for leaving him wide open, man, like it's getting to the point where he's getting quicker, that release is getting quicker, and there's sometimes where if it's in the flow of the offense and there's a guy in front of him, he's going to let that thing fly, and he's going to score right in that person's eye. Like it's just – it's a it's a confidence thing in my opinion, and it's also a, a rhythm thing. Once he's in rhythm, it's like look out. And it's not one of those, you know, he's not one of those players or offensive players where he has to be from behind the arc or he's limited to certain spots around on the floor. No, he can get things going anywhere. And I think that's what has made him such a, a devastating uh, score or third, fourth option, which however you look at it uh, when you're looking at this team's offense, because he's always open a lot of the times. And again, he's that confidence continues to build, and he continues to be a, a, a much more effective. Score, in my opinion, man. It's, it's, it's only going to keep getting better. And that's the difference is like White's evolution into this type of player, which you said, Bobby, wasn't one that you thought you were getting, which was you thought you were getting a really smart player who moved the ball, who played good defense, who made really smart decisions and always the right read and was more of an opportunist on offense, you know, but not a very, not a dead eye shooter, not a dynamic, he still is, not a he dynamic every opportunity. To, but he, exactly like there's no hesitation. If he sees an opportunity, he goes aggressively to the basket. If he sees daylight, he'll pull up from three, even if he's taking the last three shots, four shots. And that's something that's like not easy to do on a team that has Tatum and Brown and Porzingis on it without them starting to think like, who is this guy? Friggin' Jordan Poole, you know, like, you know, it, but it doesn't feel that way when he does it. You're like, I like that shot. Good shot, D. White. They're all good shots. And as long as they're falling at a reasonable clip, you you, you wanted to take him, but like now just look across the board and I know holiday had his struggles a little bit, but I mean, you really do have five starters that can create their own offense. Uh, most, most teams didn't have, that's what I always thought the biggest problem with the Celtics was 
it was Tatum, it was Brown, and it was no one else. That's why Brogdon was a godsend last year because it was finally a third guy who could do it. But like now, it's like everybody can do it. It's fun- I mean, and, and it changes remember, the whole dynamic. Remember Thibodeau before the game, Joe Sway? He's like, they were playmaking everywhere. <laughs> you gotta be on yeah. alert. Yeah, he that's the thing. Pre- he tried yeah. to pretend like he didn't realize it's the fifth time he's playing the Celtics. I'm like, you, you know, it's the fifth time. But that's the thing. If people stop thinking the term playmaking means passing the ball, and playmaking just means the best play made available to you at any given time, when they're all playmaking, it's a friggin' crazy lineup, you know. Like, and I thought tonight, Bobby, for the first three quarters, it's all, it's almost as good as the offense has looked all year. The way they were playing. And that's without Tatum or Brown going off. Right, right. I mean, it's such a different I loved what they were doing. I loved what they were doing. I want to pull up the numbers now. I don't know if they're updated, but at least coming into tonight, plus 27 and a half with that group out there. The defense, Bobby, I put stats on the screen in your behalf. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I showed showed the – I showed the net rating. Yeah, they're they're driving up some massive leads with that group out there. And Bench has been good. Bench continues to be good. Uh, not saying they're anything amazing or spectacular, but he ain't good minutes from Hauser. I feel like Pritchard's minutes are good, even if he's not hitting shots. And Cornette, I know everyone's going to complain about him, but <laughs> he survives out there. I'm trying to see him switch a little bit too. So nah, I like you that. Just throw him, you're just throwing him in there, Bobby. Yeah. Hey, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it tonight. Right, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna skip it. Yeah, it's a Tuesday. He's, he, he's surviving out there. He's giving them something. He's so. surviving. Yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna let it go. Um, <laughs> Two or three. I, I, start, I don't still have it in me. Four points. Take it. Surviving yeah. is wild. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna. He's surviving. We got it. It's like my my wife and I can fight again about who you know who did the dishes more times today, or I can just do the dishes. You know, like, <laughs> it's like I just, you pick your battle sometimes. Jonathan, I'm just, you I'm just not gonna do it tonight. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's take our weekend off here. Yeah, all right. Enjoy weekend. the pass last night, John. Uh huh. Enjoy the no. Pass. You know he did enjoy that shit. Come on, <laughs> that is not what he's rooting for. I'll, I'll say this on a human I like level: I don't dislike the team. I feel bad for some of the guys on it. So like seeing them like do well and get excited. Great. Like I actually like, it was hard to not feel good for them in the first half, putting up points and like, you know, being functional. It's, it's sad covering them and listening to them. It's sad going down there and like, Oh, these poor dudes, man, the, 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 the locker rooms after games are funerals. Like it's just sad. So like nobody's wishing ill will upon the team itself, but Ah, just lose the games, man. Like, come on. Like, don't do this. Like, don't do this. So, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah, they're clearly not tanking. They're just that bad. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it is that bad. But, I mean, you know, freaking Trubisky. Uh, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's not what I wanted to see. Well, they give me a zappy jersey. Yeah, if you're, if you're this close to the to, – you know, to, to rock bottom, just stay there. Draw. You know? Yeah. The Jets, the Jets <laughs> winning in the last week of a season or whatever it is. I mean, you've seen teams do it. The Texans did it in Romeo's last thing and they cost themselves a pick. Mm-hmm. Like the Jets cost themselves Trevor Lawrence and ended up with Zach Wilson for being, you know, oddly competent at the end of the year, one year. So like, 
I do have. I Just do have, don't don't do that. I do have one thought because I've been a Bill, get Bill out of here guy, but I do wonder if he can generate a little momentum in the next year, save himself. Is that a good thing for them? Because obviously the next coach isn't a sure thing after him. Yeah, so. Taylor. Taylor and I talked about this on the show a little bit. Uh, I'm last torn night. on it. I really am. We talked about it. I think what people people are so mad at the team Bill put together that they are, um, you know, just like get him out, get him out, get him out. But it's like you're really not going to get another coach like that. Um, you know, even if you think like, you know, he's lost a little of his fastball. You know, it, to Bill, it's less about like can he still do it? It's like, is he willing to change in the ways he needs to change? Which is like how, how he evaluates talent, allowing other people, you know, to maybe have more say on the offensive side of things that are outside of his comfort zone. Um, you know, recognizing what it takes, the type of offensive personnel that you need to be competitive in this league, welcoming in outside assistance or outside voices that might challenge his perspective a little bit instead of everybody being somebody who, you know, has been suckling at the Belichick teat for their entire lives and they've only learned one way from one person. Like, those things make it really hard because they're just so, you know, kind of, you know, it's just everything is just so institutional there at this point. Like if the the whole, the whole process has to change. But again, Belichick's Belichick and he's still, you know, coaching up the defense to basically blank teams week after week after week. And, you know, it, it, it's it's not I'll put it this way. It's not a sure thing. It just seems likely if Kraft goes to Bill and he's like, can I take a little off your plate? And Bill's like, no. And if the answer is no, I think he just goes and that's I it. Think, I think that's the right move. I and so that's, that's what it comes down to. It's like, Bill, I don't want you to do all of it anymore. I just want you to do some of it. Is that okay? Um, so we'll see. But anyway. Um, Last yeah. one I got for you. It's a yes yep. or no. Yep. You excited for the NBA Cup final? <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't really ever excited <laughs> It for any of it, but not like in a grumpy sort of way. I <laughs> like meaning like I think they're excited. Um, Should be and, a good game. And like the Halliburton stuff is fun to kind of watch um, there too. But like take it or leave it. I, I still think the players, the players' number one crowning desi- desire was Vegas more than it was winning. A t- they just wanted to go hang out in Vegas. Yeah, that and the half a million, you know, that wouldn't th- be those too are bad. both good reasons. I'll say, but again, slam dunk success for generating buzz and interest. Uh, and it's fun. And you know what? It, what it allows above all else, what it allows the fans to do a little bit is to freak out um, and overreact some yeah. to like games at this point in the year that they the would Bucks, never react. The Bucks to, yeah. lose a game to the Pacers in, in December. Ah, you lost a game to the Pacers in December, but you lost the in-season tournament yeah. semifinals to the Pacers. Oh, yeah, we did it on Monday, John. You weren't there. but Yeah, we, we so, like, it's out. that disappointment of, like, step up, losers. And so, like, you know, it, it definitely kind of manufactures something uh, that you couldn't get at this point in the season. So a great way, brilliant. My, my my take on the in-season tournament before the season was uh, was similar to the World Baseball Classic. Like, seems dumb, but then you watch it and everybody gets into it and, like, mm-hmm. it's an awesome time. And, like, the players are really into it and this and that. And, you know, and, and so it goes. So, like, p- 
people will hate the idea of it, think it's dumb, and then they'll probably be like, that wasn't so bad. That was kind of cool. And I think that that's what you got out of it. Like, okay, okay, that wasn't bad. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Yeah. <clears throat> Despite it being kind of weird and awkward in the courts and like, wait a second, like, so they just play that and people not even understanding the rules for the most part of it. People you know? still asking about it. It's like they, like they just found People out. didn't quite get it, but yeah. at the end, it generated buzz, particularly like that last, that last Elimination game, elimination, elimination round, right, heading into the, yeah. heading into the whatever. Yeah, I think that's a, those are the nights that the NBA is, is is really aiming for because, like you said, John, it's cool. I mean, it's not cool until your team's in it, right? Until you, your team advances and they have an opportunity to knock somebody out because that's always going to bring obviously that competitiveness from teams, but also fans are going to uh, are going to get into it because of um, you know it's just something to to, to, to you know, flex about, you know, oh, and we knocked your team out and we're not even a real playoff team. Like those are the type of teams I feel like are going to benefit most from this. And I feel like, you know, moving forward, if they continue with this thing, that's always going to be the, uh, the, the, the annual type of uh, uh, attitude towards it. Right. It, it's stupid. It's dumb. And then as soon as their team is in it, it's like, oh, well, this team might go to Vegas. Let's go. You know, like yeah. Lakers fans, they, they're loving this right now. You know, for LeBron to go out there, have a chance to, uh, to, to bring home some hardwood before, uh, yeah, before the playoffs. The team- team everybody knows about in the Lakers and the team people yeah. are just getting familiar with in Indy kind of gone better than that. When we were, uh, when I was playing little league, we had, um, you know, in addition to our like, you know, world series, uh, you know, the title that you would try to get to, we had a city series in Newton, which was all of the Newton little leagues would play each other in a tournament. That's pretty cool. It was fun because it's, it's, Newton's a big enough town where we right. have, you four have brackets. you have like, yeah, yeah but it'd different... be four, it would be four different brackets and we would play, you know, like a semifinal, you know, um, and uh, that was always fun in the middle of the year. You get your juices up for that like mid tournament, and then you're playing for the, uh, you know, then you're playing for the cup at the end. So, um, you know, this was fun. I always said like I think an international tournament would be really cool. Like <laughs> we talked about this on the show. I'd love to see it be like, you know, like Champions League, you know, right. sort of thing, or I like know. you know, like they d- different groups and you'd like screw it let's go play you know Celtics versus Real Madrid. You know, like you know, yeah. it's going to be dominated by NBA teams, but it'd be kind of cool. I feel yeah. like that's the that's the overall goal. I mean, that's something that uh, yeah. this is what Adam Silver was talking about originally uh, before the NBA final started. So I feel like that's sort of they got the ball rolling there. And if anything, man, uh, for these guys to come over here to Vegas, especially if that's like sort of the plan, I could certainly see that happening. Right. If if, uh, if you advance to a certain round, you get to come over to the U.S. and, you know, you play the Celtics or Lakers or whoever's there waiting for you. That'd be yeah. Yeah, what you do is you take like two breaks during the season, you know, where right you'd have to stop international play or something like that, and you'd pause for like a week here and a week there, and then you would do the finals. I think that would be kind of fun, but anyway, um, that would be fun. Anyway, we're gonna wrap. We're taking the weekend off. Obviously, any breaking news you can come to CLNS and we'll handle it. But uh, you know, next game is on Tuesday. Uh, no Patriots. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Have a stress-free, sports-free weekend. It's not the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Any Bruins? Maybe I'll watch the Bruins. Yeah, go ahead if you want. Do whatever. Well, shout out to Evan. Know. Evan was here today. So what up to him? Who, Lazar? Or no, Marinovsky? Yeah, yeah. I forgot. We have like five Evans. Yeah. We had. We had. We, <laughs> we had. had we had. Yeah, that's right. I remember you put a tweet out being like, oh, we're, we're short on Evans. So if you guys yeah. want to apply. We are. We only have two Evans now. Valenti and, uh, and Marinovsky. Well, only Marinovsky. Evans only. Evans only that they have to they, they, they can apply it so. we could use a few Evans yeah for sure um, anyway we're gonna wrap it thanks a lot guys we'll talk to you on Tuesday <laughs> <laughs>